Welcome back to another episode of AB Side. I'm Ben, and I'm here with... Anzi! We're on episode 18. Uh, I think we should just get straight into it, Anzi. Why? Why are we going to get straight into it? Well, we're recording this the day after we recorded episode 17, so oh, we yeah, don't have any feedback, because no I'm on holiday right now. Are you on holiday? As Actually, next no, week? I'm back from holiday. I was At- on holiday last week. Yeah. It's so weird, this time thing. Yeah. Hard to keep track of time, isn't it? So we're recording this two weeks ahead. So organised, hey? Anyway, so as you can see by today's title, it is the title of Touch. Do you like, do you like hugs, Ben? Do I like hugs? Yeah, I do like hugs. I was thinking, I've never hugged you. I, don't, <laughs> yeah, I can't no, remember we're hugging not, you. No, we're not hugging you now. <laughs> no, well, no, That would be weird. Social distancing. Social distancing. I don't think I have a... Yeah, I'd, I'd remember if I hugged a tall person. I'm a skinny tall person. Yeah. Because I remember hugging Keith before and I'd always complain that he's so bony. Oh, no, maybe you have hugged me and then told me that I'm not very good at hugging. No, I'm pretty sure I've not hugged you before. Well, someone has told me that I'm not very good at hugging. Why? Because you're too tall? Yeah, I'm just too tall and skinny. Well, not being funny. If you're super tall, I would stand on a chair. Like, you know Big Francis? Normally, I'd stand on a chair to hug him. Wow. Yeah. He, he loves it because <laughs> he really Does likes he? hugs. Yeah, he does. He actually loves hugs. Well, I know. Yeah, he likes hugs. And he, he would stoop low just to hug you. But I'm like, nah, mate, just to just so that I'm more comfortable and you're more comfortable. And so I just stand on the chair. OK. Yeah, I do like hugs. Do you? I didn't know. You don't strike me as a kind to like hugs. I know your wife does. Yeah, I, I like hugs, but I don't ever. My my. My fear of making a social like misstep is greater than my desire to hug people. What do you mean? Like, I just don't want to do the, like, go to hug someone and then they're like, oh, and then they put their hand out to shake your hand or something. And you're like, oh, hugs just, are weird. Sort of awkward thing. Yeah. Hugs are weird to start. You, yeah. you, I guess you walk towards someone with your arms wide open. Yeah, I guess it's fine if you make it really exaggerated. But is it, I think it's quite a... It's not a Chinese thing to do hugs. I guess not. Because like even greetings, I feel like I remember greeting your mum whenever she visits. My mum hugs everything. She <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone, everything. everything. <laughs> Whoa, what does that mean? Like no, toys and everything. No, I just mean she's, yeah, she's a hugger. <laughs> she, she is a, she, you can tell she's a hugger. But, um, but I think it's really interesting how like the body language, you need to really know you need to be obvious with your body language. Have you ever experienced it where someone like starts off with a hug and then it doesn't, do you know what I mean? Like arms wide open and the person's not really hugger and like, yeah, it's really awkward. Like when people refuse to hug you. Uh, actually, I, I verbalize it. I'm like, can I have a hug? Yeah. Yeah. When people just say, no, I'm not going to hug you. That's what I'm terrified of. So oh, I just don't. Is it rejection? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Do you think, not, does it not bode well with you? I think I'm just, I'm just reserved. So even though hugging is a nice way to greet people, there's more kind of like, oh, yeah, well, what if this happens? Oh, I'm sorry. Have you been rejected before? No. It's just a, that's, it's not just, a, it's not just hugs. It's just, that's just my, why I'm so reserved. I don't want to be vulnerable. And, uh, vulnerable. And is, is a hug vulnerable then? Well, it's a display of affection, isn't it? Interesting. How often do you hug your wife? Um, every other day. Really? Yeah, probably. 
Interesting. What about your kids? All the time. Is it? Do they reach for you, or you reach for them? No, normally I reach for them. Do you? Yeah, because I know that there's no <laughs> fear of rejection. <laughs> Have they never pushed you away? Yeah. Go away, daddy. That's what Isaac says. Oh. Go away, daddy. <laughs> for the listeners that don't know, how old are your kids? Isaac's two and Sophie's five. Okay. Well, yes, kids give the best hugs, though. Let's be real here. Yeah. But they're not really, it's not really an, a mutual type thing, though. They're just holding on to you, right? Yeah, sometimes I have to tell Isaac to give me a hug instead of just... Like squeeze. Yeah. Like a proper squeeze. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just literally you squeezing them. Nothing's happening. No hugs. I love hugs. Hugs are, um, hugs are great. Are you a hugger, though? Uh, so <laughs> there's a lot of people in our church that are serious huggers. And you can tell because every time you see them, they will reach for a hug. They're very touchy. But I'm very selective in who I hug and the context. Like, I'm I'm not the type to always give hugs because I feel like it could lose its meaning. Yeah, and you don't want to... I don't want to make people uncomfortable. Does it, though? Some people just don't like it, do they? And it's very hard to... Especially if you're sweaty. It's hard to step away. (laughs) Oh, yeah, those are horrible (laughs) when someone goes in for a hug and you're sweaty and you're like... If you're on holiday, like in Hong Kong or something, like, I never do hugs in Asia... It's just weird, unless you're in an AC environment. But even then, it's still like, you smell of cold sweat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you know. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess we're hugging. This feels gross. But, what was um, your worst hug? My worst hug? Do you have a worst hug? I have a worst hug. Oh, this is an interesting question. Uh, the worst hug was when I reached for someone and they weren't really expecting it. And they just like reluctantly hugged me back. <laughs> okay. That's not really. That's not that bad. I think the worst would be asking for a hug and someone walking away and saying no. Yeah. That, that, I cried. (laughs) And I I cried to your wife and your wife was like, come around, I'll give you a hug. (laughs) She literally, like, because she's taller than me, your wife. It's really funny. So in order for me to get the maximum hug benefit, I have to be on the same level. So we just like, I sat next to her and we just hugged it out. (laughs) Why? What was yours? Uh, Mine was... uh... Seeing someone like, like, a, like while I was at uni, someone who was away at uni. So it's not someone that you see regularly. Yeah. And they said, oh, let's come in for a hug. But I was too far away. And then I stepped too close and stepped on his toes. And it was just really, <laughs> just really awkward. Like, even now I'm like, oh. That's quite funny. Yeah. That was really bad. Is it because you're badly coordinated? No, I don't think I'm badly coordinated. Because you're quite tall. No, yeah, I think it was just like, I wasn't, it was not, it was like in the middle of the conversation as well. So I wasn't expecting. At least you didn't land inappropriately somewhere, Mm. right? Yeah. Last thing you would want is to be inappropriate. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of which, inappropriate touch. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Jumping straight in. Jumping straight in, because we may as well. Um, So... I know that touch can be quite a a good thing in the right context, but when it comes to inappropriate touch, have you ever experienced that or... What do you mean by inappropriate touch? Then? Inappropriate touch where someone may have inappropriately touched you without your consent. I have not experienced any form of serious inappropriate touching, no. Um, 
But you know, like when people get too close, like, close to you, yeah, in your Proximity. personal space, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you feel like that's crossing boundaries? Yeah, yeah, and then you don't know what to do with it. I just, I tend to step back or I move, and then they'll still like yeah, yeah, yeah. come closer, and I'll still move. <laughs> yeah, to the point I'm like falling off my sofa or chair. Yeah, I guess it's this is a tricky situation because you're like. No, really, that is stepping across boundaries. That is. And on one hand, I'm like, it's not a big deal. But on the other hand, it's like... Would you verbalise it? It makes you uncomfortable. Sometimes. Yeah, I had a colleague who was really like, I don't know what was going on with them, but they were very like... Two colleagues? No, one colleague. I said them to avoid saying if it was a boy or a girl. Um, They were just very like, yeah, just annoyingly touchy. Oh, towards you? Yeah. And it was like weird and it was weird and we all knew it was weird and we all said it was weird, but it continued. To this person? Yeah. Oh, that's not right. It was just, kind of, yeah. And I couldn't tell what the motive was. Like, but sometimes you have to address it so that yeah. you, you, you're you like... Yeah, I address it every time. You're like, are you a t- kind of touchy-feely type of person? And there are people like that. And, and that's how they show their affection. By like touching on your shoulder or your arm. Really? Nowhere else. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this was yeah, this wasn't any serious HR type thing. It was just um, it was just like I don't know what you, are you trying to wind me up because it doesn't wind me up. It's just weird, like ah, uh, you know. Um, so yeah, that's probably the the only. I've had a few episodes where people inappropriately touch me. So my sister got married in 2012, and uh, and I was at her wedding, and we were preparing. We were just like preparing and cooking stuff um, the day before the wedding, you know, because we rented out a cottage thing. Anyway, so I'm preparing something, and then lo and behold, I feel like this arm, like, start caressing the back of... Oh, no. Yeah, this hand caressing the back of my arm. And, uh, you know, because it's summertime, and I'm wearing, like, a, you know, a sleeveless top. And then I'm just like, oh, my gosh, who would possibly touch me? Like, the back of my arm and the the, the up and down my back, down to the, like... (laughs) Anyway, and I and I like turned around, and all I saw was this like tall white guy I'd never seen before in my life, and he had the shock of like, I'm that sorry, is, I, I thought you so were Maisie. Yeah, Maisie's my this, sister. This makes me feel like <laughs> cringy. Yeah, Ugh. it was so awkward afterwards. But um, I think I think if you're uncomfortable with someone touching you, I guess it's just to speak up, right? Like I I wasn't keen on you touching me. Like there was one time, um, uh, a guy friend, he thought it like, oh, let's, can you massage my back and I massage yours? And I did, and I he did mine, and then afterwards I just felt really uncomfortable, and I just sent him an email, and I was like, this is really inappropriate, especially. Yeah. How like, do you feel about massages? So, I'm willing to pay for professionals to do it, but I'm not okay with opposite genders doing it to each other. That's weird. I think because it's so odd. sensual. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. you've had you've had it paid for once, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember a you of saying times. it's always a bit weird, though. I Why? feel like you, you have get used to, to it. I feel yeah. I feel like I have to just like zone out and pretend that like it's normal. Well, I mean, it is normal. It depends how sensitive you are to touch, though. But so for for some of us that really enjoy it is because we have really tense knots in our neck and back because we're hunched over our computers or whatnot, and there's a lot of tension and stress. And so I, it was really bad, during my Bible school years, <laughs> after exam period, I would always make sure I booked an appointment for a massage. Like, it was a treat 
but it was necessary just to release any tension. But yeah, it's also because, you know, when you're when you're single, you don't really have any touching going on. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So how important is touch then, Ben? What? In a general sense? In a general to me? sense. What? Yeah, to everyone. What? Is touch I, important? I what this is like um it's like I'm doing my English language exam. No. Right. Write an essay on I'm the title, is touch write... important? It, but do you think, do you think <laughs> touch is important for humanity? That's such a, like, I don't know how to answer that. There's so many dimensions. I mean, can humanity survive without touch? Yes, it can. Can it? Sure. Well, Isn't no, that going to be neglect? Look at babies, skin to skin contact. Reproduce, would you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> no, like, when you first had your babies... Did you not do skin to skin contact with Sophie yeah, and then Isaac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. What was the point of that? No, no. I'm just saying. What you can was answer, that about? You can answer the question in multiple ways, depending on like what is your angle, like for what is the future of humanity. Like it's so vague. So touch is important. It's so nebulous. I don't know what I'm an- what I'm saying. What I'm answering when I say that. You know. I think touch is important. Well, if you ask me my personal opinion about <laughs> like what role does touch play in my life. Fine. What role does touch play in your okay, life, Benjamin? Okay, because that's a completely different question, right? But you've just rephrased my question and changed it to a completely different question. So that's not right. So you want your you want me to answer the question: How important is yeah. touch? Just as a, that's the just whole question. Just as is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to have to say it's probably not that important in Why? the grand scheme of things. I think it is. Well, there's other more important things. Like what? Poverty. <laughs> <laughs> Right? You've just killed the conversation. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like you can frame it and view it from a million different ways. Surely, someone who's struggling with poverty and living on the streets, the best thing that they would want right there is to get a hug. I don't think so. I think the next person you see someone, next time you see someone on the street, ask them if they want a hug or a sandwich. I think no, I they'd know probably want your money. Yeah, or money, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, or a house. Which one are they going to say? But it's comfort. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying comfort. it's not comforting. I'm just saying I can find loads of things that are more important than touch in the world. Oh, is touch not important to you then? No, it is important to me. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that wasn't your question. You didn't say how important is touch to you. You just said how important is touch. Fine. I think touch is important. So even... In society, pre-COVID now, handshakes, that was a form of okay, greeting. so really it's like, what is the role of touch in society? That's a better oh, question. Fine. Rephrase you it know, Or I can, I can write, handwrite my essay for you, my GCSE English essay. What? On the question of how important it is. It just sounds like an essay question, how oh, important it is touch. Sorry. So I'm sorry you're thinking that way. I'm just trying to make a conversation happen and make no, a podcast feels, happen, Ben. Like you, I'm trying here. Clearly like you're you a, being um, very attackful. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like you have a clear answer in mind, but I don't understand why I'm trying to make you go. How you're trying to get there because you can answer that question in a million ways. I just want some more qualifiers. Because I, I see touch as important. I think the fact that God created us with these senses of touch that's that's very important i suppose yeah if you put it that way it's one of the five most only ways that we can interact with the world yeah and that's how babies communicate at the start right yeah like 
So going back to skin to skin contact, why did you have to do skin to skin contact with your babies when they were born? Well, you don't have to. It's not like uh, it's not like they they'd smell you and then they. It's not like a a baby. What is it? Baby birds? Is it? If you touch a baby bird, then it loses. I think that's not true. Actually, I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. There's this like urban myth. If you pick up a baby bird, then it gets the smell of you on its hand, and then huh? the mother will reject it. That smell, not touch. I don't know about that one. That's not true anyway. It's an urban myth. Okay. Um, well, skin skin contact is is about yeah about creating a bond because there is something. So it's a bond then, is it? Touch. Yeah. So touch is therefore important because from what people have said, scientific journals and all sorts. Okay, research has shown that a child who has not been touched is neglected. Hmm. And that child can actually experience a lot of psychological damage. Yeah. So in the context of like a, a, a good relationship with your children, touch is very important. Touch is very important. Yeah. Did you, did you grow up with a lot of hugs? Yeah, yeah. Did you grow up with discipline? Not physical discipline. Interesting. I think I was smacked once. Oh, wow. Do you remember why you were smacked? No, not really. I don't think it was anything particularly, like, outstandingly bad. I remember every time I got smacked. Wow. Very traumatic. Yeah, and I think it's part of the Chinese culture as well, to have that discipline. Not saying all Chinese families get smacked, but it's definitely a form of touch in a bad way. Yeah. Would you discipline your own children? Not, no, wait, let me rephrase. Would you physically discipline your own children? Of course you're going to physically <laughs> Of course you're going to discipline your own children. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. So you're because, not saying Because no. I don't even know if I'll ever have children of my own. Hypothetically. Or should, should, would you, would you recommend physical discipline? I don't know. I've for... not thought much about it because I'm not in that life stage. <laughs> but um, when I see people actually do it to their children family or non-family um like friends kids apparently when you smack your child it's meant to hurt you i think that's just something that parents say isn't it this hurts me more than it hurts you because it's meant to hurt you if it the moment it doesn't hurt you as a parent that's where you've crossed the line like you are literally abusing your child then well if it's meant to hurt you, what benefit does it have in disciplining? If my child, like, I don't know, gets in, if punches a child in the face, oh. and then I decide that I'm going to um, use corporal punishment, not that I would, but hypothetically, and I say this hurts me more than it hurts you, why, why does it, like, what benefit does that have towards me and my relationship i understand the motivation behind why you would do it because why because negative reinforcement does work doesn't it does it yeah well actually i think research i thought positive only positive, positive works. No, positive reinforcement is way better okay in terms of research but negative reinforcement does work like i'm not going to do this thing if i know that there is a consequence for it interesting so so you can you can understand why and yeah why like the psychology behind why people think it's a good idea. But 
I think it's going to do more damage than you think. Yeah. Like for you to does. say you remember every time that you were hit, that's pretty, um, that's a pretty big deal because I don't remember every time I was punished for doing anything wrong. And I was punished. But the like, only reason why I remember is because those were quite traumatic events. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Your emotions are so, like, yeah. Can you, what, can you give me an example of something you did to deserve getting hit? Not deserve. That resulted in you getting hit. Uh, well, I don't remember the action. What I did, oh, I, I remember. I remember the actual act of yeah. getting smacked or getting what we call the feather duster. So, <laughs> so is that effective then? If you can't remember what it was for, do you think it was effective in? I mean, as a parent, your try your goal is not to just. Stop your kids. But you're training from... them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So you you want to make them into a good person. You want to make them. If if we're Christians, we we want to make them into into good examples of of Christ. Eventually, I guess. Um, but in general, parents parents want their kids to 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 be good people, right? Do you think physical punishment contributes to that for you? I think. I think if touch is such a big deal, definitely it would damage you. Yeah. But I think when you are a child, touch is very important. Yeah. So I think it can cause long-term effects, especially if your parent was very physical. Um, But some kids just need to be disciplined. (laughs) Can you think of no other alternatives to... The physical. I don't know. I've I've not explored this, Ben. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, because in my head, it's I don't think I'm. It's gonna, you know, like I will I will physically stop my child from like hitting the other child. Like I will intervene and use strength. Yeah, or like I will pull them away from the road or from from a. Where, where do those kids learn how to get physical with their peers or? Siblings. I think it's something that just happens, right? Does it? Yeah, I th- especially for toddlers, like, like they're experimenting and they realise, oh, I can use my strength to get that toy that I want. Oh yeah, true. Right? Or like, I'm frustrated, so I can. I'm just going to lash out. Yeah, and it's. I, d- I guess it's not really as as deep as like I want to cause. Or maybe it is. I'm upset, and I want you to be upset as well, because you stole my punch you in the face, my Lego brick or something. Yeah. But yeah, so I will I will use physical restraint to to prevent my kids from from hurting themselves more. But to use it as a punishment, I feel like there's other ways that you can discipline your children, I think. Cuz cuz my mum used to threaten us with the feather duster and she'd hit the floor as opposed to our feet with it. So we'd jump out of the way. I also as a form of punishment. But the worst would be actually getting smacked. Well, I guess I guess hitting the floor is not a punishment, but it's a... It's close. It's a... What am I thinking of? Trauma. That's the word I'm thinking of. Well, that's crazy, though, that it's caused... Because if someone did that to me, like, as a child or as an adult, it, I feel like that event in itself wouldn't be traumatic. It's only traumatic because you know that there is more to come. So it's a threat, right? And as a teach, as, a, as an ex-teacher, 
threats, and as a parent, threats are not very effective <laughs> at, at preventing really? misbehaviour. Oh, yeah. teachers. I remember in high school, there was a teacher with a ruler just like very, like just whacked it on the table close to you. That's crazy. That sounds like that teacher has an anger management problem. Oh, seriously. Be, right. Like, we're not that. No, much it depends what type age, of school. Though, right? De- like, depends. corporal punishment didn't exist. Corporate punishment. Just to be clear. There yeah. was one teacher in this school that I went to. This was a really rough school, though, before I changed schools. He got suspended because he threw a chair. <laughs> oh, no, a stool. Wow. A, 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 like a lab stool across the room. That's crazy. Because he was that angry. But let's be real here. Teenagers can be quite, like, cocky, though. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like... And they're pushing your buttons and testing oh, your Oh, yeah, boundaries. they definitely know how to do that. But so, so do kids. So do children with their parents. No, no, no. But, but teenagers with their mouths. Yeah, yeah. So is it ever justified to hit someone if they, if they say something that offends you? I guess it's not justifiable, but but unfortunately, that's how it escalates, though, right? Like what oh, we yeah. said during the, you know, the words episode, power of words, mm. you know, one word leading to another word, and then before you know it, that's how conflicts happen, and yeah. a way to resolve it would be through the fist. Right, but that's I think that's actually indefensible morally. You know, like a teacher can't. Unfortunately, say, that's a teacher can't say. I know. I know. I shouldn't have hit them. But they just yeah. But a really teacher, a teacher should be able to have that restraint as opposed to yeah. a teenager, because you know how it is with teenagers. There are going to be fights on the playground. Sure. Yeah. That, that's kind of different, though, isn't it? Then, like, uh, yeah. It it's never. I feel like it's never okay. I mean, I would say this to 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 kids in the classroom. Like, if you break up a fight, like. It's never okay to hit someone. Yeah. And they would say, oh, but, you know, he stole my ruler. And I'm like, I don't care. Or, like, he called me, like, it doesn't matter what they called you. It doesn't matter if they did something horrendous. Well, it's like, violence, they, though, right? They should it, be it can that, become but... violence. Like, look at how yeah. the world has become during war or during, like, you know, protests, breaking out into fights. But going back to getting beaten up or, yeah, smacked. I think if you grew up, now you as a listener, if you grew up getting smacked and you remember, I would go as far as to be like, you know, you need to just surrender that to God for healing. Because, yeah, so I I forgive my parents for disciplining us, um, me. Um, I know that I wasn't a great child. Like, but again, it sounds like, maybe it's just the way that you're saying it, but like, doesn't matter if you weren't a great child. Yeah, I know, I know, but still, like, I ca- I come from a big family, right? I've got a lot of siblings, so it's it's a case of power at the end of the day. Like, if the parents don't exert their power, then all the kids would be like, <laughs> it would be anarchy. I guess. Right. I mean, my mum grew up as one of seven. Oh yeah, she did. With this, with her dad just not around. And there wasn't there wasn't physical punishment in that house. But my, there's my quite a big age gap, to, though. Yeah, but my grandma still managed to um to 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 do it. You know, yeah. You mean your grandma didn't like? 
discipline, physically. I don't think so. Interesting. I guess it's a different culture as well. Yeah, although that culture did exist in the UK. Yeah, I know. Last generation or two generations. Yeah. One generation ago. It's my yeah. mum. Yeah. So, uh, so have you spoken to your parents about this as an adult? No, but I kind of can... Kind can kind of guess where they would justify it. It's not that I, think I hold a grudge. Yeah, yeah, there is a justification. And it's not like I don't forgive them. So I've forgiven them. They were, tr- they were trying their best to raise six kids. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, like, <laughs> like culturally, it's, it, 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 there's, there wasn't a generation ago a, a problem with it. In, in Chinese culture or British culture. Um, but yeah, I feel like maybe if you've forgiven them, do they not need to know that you've forgiven them? Yeah, I guess so. There is power in words. Like, But that implies that, you know, I they, held a grudge against them. But if you said that it's traumatic, if you're not using that word... Um, no, like, I, I mean like... Exagger- in an exagger- What's the word I'm looking for? If you're not using that word hyperbolically um if it was genuinely traumatic then surely it's you should talk it through with them i'm i have i remember talking to my mum about the last time she smacked me across the face (laughs) wow (laughs) i was 14 when that happened and to be fair i knew it it was wrong of me because i didn't tell her where i was and i came back home late and this was actually this was before the days of phones but i was over at a friend's house and i could have still notified her and so it was, my, it was bad on my part. So I know full well that I was in the wrong. But I think any form of violence is, is going to like hurt and damage relationships. But yeah, you're right, Ben. We should talk about it and, and seek reconciliation. And if, if you find yourself now, you know, thinking about the events from years ago where you got smacked or you smacked someone, I think it's good to... Mm. Yeah, seek that reconciliation. Even if you don't have contact with that person, it's just to like surrender it and ask God to help you forgive or um, for you to seek forgiveness. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we could do another episode on forgiveness. But, yeah, that's um, a big, big topic. But this, this comes down to inappropriate touch, like abuse. Yeah, I and, guess. Um, it and all, it all links up together, I think, when the touch is... Not right. Yeah, I think I think just on the on the last bit on forgiveness though, I think I think it is important to talk to the person if you can about it, because otherwise, ha- but sometimes you can't. Maybe they've died. Well, yeah, that's why I said if you can, mm-hmm. um, because otherwise, then they haven't received your forgiveness, have they? The other person needs to have the opportunity to accept that forgiveness and if if they haven't then there's a, there's still something there between you isn't there you know like it's it's not um true reconciliation involves two parties not just one person saying privately i think sometimes you can't though ben yeah sometimes it's not possible right but what i am saying is like i i i think it does need to be addressed Do you think touch has been weird during lockdown? 
So... Like physical proximity to others and like social distancing and seeing family, not hugging and kissing. I wonder if like, like, you know, you hear about um, like society becomes becoming more individualistic and like everyone doing their own thing. And I was thinking about my own experience of touch in lockdown or yeah, before lockdown. It's not changed too much for me. Really? Yeah, because I try and give like people personal space. And so like other than than like my family, my immediate family. Um it's weird when you see other family members and you don't Yeah, hug them. that's weird. Yeah, it's odd. Um It'd break my heart if I went home and like I couldn't give them a hug and a kiss, especially my nieces and nephews. Yeah, and, mom. yeah, and and so, so I guess I missed that with family, but uh, with friends, it. Um, you will never hug you towards your friends, though. Exactly, I I'll tend to really only hug people if they've like been away. Oh really? Like, oh, I haven't seen you in a long time. Oh. Like it's like a greeting rather than like if it's just someone that I saw like yesterday, it's less like it's like oh hi. That's true. That's true. Right. Yeah, there are people that I'm like that with as well. Like I've not seen them for a long time. But I was socially isolated for a good 88 days. So I, I have received my first hug after, yeah, support bubbles were available. And that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> because it was, oh, you're, you're, you have bones. My stuffed toys don't have bones. <laughs> but um, But I think... Lockdown has been weird because I'm so much more aware of when you walk down the street and someone isn't like mm. a meter. Do people touch you when you're walking down the street. No, 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 no. But like they're not they're not even considerate enough to like move to the side. Like they're not walking single file. They're walking side by side with their other person. And so that forces me to go on the road. And one time I nearly got like run over because I was on the road. Like someone was honking, trying to avoid me, shocked, but but I'm like, there's nothing I can do about it. This road is this this path, um, side no pavement, <laughs> sidewalk, <laughs> sidewalk pavement is really narrow, and I guess that person's not going to move, which is really rude. Like surely we should establish who's going where. I just don't bother now. I just assume that they're not going to move and just move, walk on the grass, pause. Whilst they pass you. But um, this, this lockdown has been weird when it comes to space and touch and... Yeah. So are you more aware of I'm really aware now. now. Because I think it's been so much more heightened during lockdown. The absence of touch has made me really crave for it. Mm. So I'm glad I now have humans in my support bubble. Um, but But even then it's still like... It's still weird. Like I remember the first time I was sat in my support bubble's kitchen and and the two brothers were just cooking and and I'm like, oh, this is really weird that, you know, they just brushed past my knees as I sat on a stool and, and things like that. And even even having the two brothers in my house, um, like I thought that was really weird. Like it's weird having you here, Ben, sometimes. But but like it's it's just a weird sensation because I've been so used to being by myself this whole time that 
Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a funny one, mm. this uh, lockdown thing. But I think, if anything, it has made me appreciate hugs more. Yeah, I guess touch is the only one that you can't even try to replicate out of the love languages. Like, you can spend time with people online, you can send yeah. them gifts, you can... You can oh, send no, them no, that's why, that's why I said in the last episode, I've been, like, I've been more appreciative of my stuffed toys. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I've, I've been hugging cushions more. I think at the start of lockdown, someone told me to get a weighted um, duvet. And I did. And I, would, I was already, like, hugging my duvet, like my double duvet. And it's warm, right? So, like, there are days where I just can't get out of bed because I need that weighted duvet on top of me because it, it feels like I'm hugging someone. <laughs> How crazy is that? Like, I never knew this was such a thing until I was deprived of it. But um, let me tell you, like, when Trisha, our friend, was about to fly off to Malaysia to go home, because she's one of the students, as a goodbye, and I knew that, like, I didn't even hug anyone the weekend before lockdown. But she was flying off like a few days before lockdown started. And and she was dropping off some of her stuff to, you know, for storage here and gifts and things. And then, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do this. And there's basically an idea that I've taken from this show called Pushing Daisies. Have you ever heard of Pushing Daisies? It's basically where um, the main guy can't touch this woman um well he can't everything he touches they'll die and then if he touches them again they'll raise back to life but as soon as he touches them again they'll die so like the main crux of the story is that he yeah that's his superpower he's able to like wake someone from the dead see how they died and help solve the cases and then he'll have to touch them again in order for them to die but anyway so he managed to like touch a woman just to make her awake and he fell in love with her and then he can't touch her anymore so they had to think of ways to like still maintain this romantic relationship without touching for fear of her dying so so he would actually have like a screen just to like hug her like a plastic sheet thing so then I decided to replicate that with Trisha um, by using a white blanket and literally I draped it over me like I was a ghost (laughs) and then I just like went and hugged her and I remember just crying because in my head I'm like I'm hugging my dear friend here whom I'm not gonna see because lockdown is beginning like I don't even know if she'll ever return and secondly this could be my last hug and it was my last hug and I still remember that hug very sincerely because it was just so meaningful and Hannah documented it and like it was really funny but but that hug meant so much more to me yeah because of just the context and everything Mm. yeah it's funny lockdown has really messed with our heads with touch yeah what do you think the bible says about touch again that's quite a wide-ranging question Nancy so I want to know what you think what does the bible does not if I look in a concordance, I won't find touch as a topic. Really? Have there been incidences of touch in the Bible? Yes, but that's not the same thing as a theology of touch. Which Is there a theology of touch, do you well, think? that's kind of what, like, if you say, what does the Bible say about salvation? I'll be able to talk about a <laughs> theology of salvation, right? What does the Bible say about sexuality? I can talk about that. But what does the Bible say about touch? You're I don't being think... really sarcastic. I don't like this. What I'm saying is, I don't <laughs> think there is a 
clearly defined like the topic of touch i don't think exists in the bible there are examples of touch okay what are some examples of touch jesus is the one that springs to mind the most okay why what did he do healed people he was able to do it by word no yeah but there's also power in his touch right so there's the woman who's who's bleeding and she touches his cloak and is healed without he didn't touch her action he didn't touch her. She touched him. What was that all yeah, about? Yeah, there's physical contact. Okay. Right? It was, there is that, touch. It was just his cloak that he exactly, touched. right? Okay. So there is power in, in Jesus's touch. And I think if you want to look at, maybe if you want to look at healing, hmm. um, there is definitely, it's, it's pretty clear that laying on of hands is... Um, Biblical. Yeah. It's mentioned is, in the Bible though, isn't it? Yeah. Is, um, in, not instrumental. Is, um yeah, is part What's of... What's that all about then? Is it, is it like, does that mean that when we lay hands on one another when in prayer, like, we give them power? How, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't look at it that way um, because I'm quite conscious of... I think, I think the Holy Spirit works in whatever way he wants to. Yes, right? I So agree. I don't want to... I'm not keen on, like, creating a formula or a, like recipe for how things have to be done you know mm, 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 um, mm, mm, mm. but there's a danger but, of legalism there yeah 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 um but the disciples and jesus put their hands on people a lot to heal them um so the way that i see it is it's it's an intimate thing isn't it it's very intimate it's um it's uh like if you can't touch someone for whatever reason and you pray for healing, Jesus can still heal them because yeah, he's that's true. Jesus, right? Like, so, so there's nothing special about like touching when you make physical contact, right? It's not, it's not like you complete the circuit or anything. But um, it, I think it's just the, the intimate um, aspect of it. You know, like if you're willing to do this for someone, um, it... it um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm no expert on this. So what do you think? I, I think that, yeah, the Bible does tell us to that pray and laying on, laying on of hands. But yeah, I'm in agreement with you here, Ben, that that doesn't mean, you know, we need to pray and touch everyone and everything. Like touch an object so that it can, you know, like I'm going to touch my TV just to heal it. <laughs> You know, I'll just give it a Russian whack instead. <laughs> but, but I think, yeah, God is able to work in mysterious ways and he's able to go beyond, yeah, anything and anyone in order to heal that person or thing. So we're in agreement here, Ben. Okay. What do you think the Bible says about touch, Hansi? Well, I was reading this book, Ben. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, sarcasm. Nice, no, I say <laughs> Um, I've been reading this book for a few weeks now, actually, and um, I finally it finished it. It's called uh, Handle with Care, How Jesus Redeems the Power of Touch in Life and Ministry. And it's written by this lady who, um, yeah, her, one of her love languages is um, she's a strong touch person. But she writes it in a place about how Jesus healed through touching and um, the theology behind touch. Link in the show notes, Ben. Thank you. But um, 
But I think she does explore it along the lines of how, you know, inappropriate touching can cause damaging effects and even down to reconciliation between touch and all the way up to how like people misinterpret touch. So she explored how when she first got married, the husband who wasn't as touchy-feely as her interpreted her touches that would lead up to um, intercourse. But unfortunately, not all touch will lead to intercourse. Like there is some touch which you need to do appropriately just as a form well, her, of... Her touches were not... Yeah, her touches were yeah, not inviting yeah. sex. Yeah, exactly. But but whether as for some people, they interpret it as an invitation um, because maybe they've not grown up in a place where, you know, they give each other high fives or they give each other like back rubs just generally or like even a pat on the back or like a, a sensitive touch, you know, during prayer um, and things like that. And so I think it's, yeah, I thought that was really interesting how like some people... Yeah, need to talk about this in order to realize actually, yeah, I need to learn what touch is all about. But when it comes down to like she gives she gives this really good example of how like doubting Thomas needed to see um Jesus's uh, holes in order to believe that Jesus was uh died and had, you know, come back to life. And he said you know, in scripture, it says that um, he needed to even touch the holes in order to believe. And because that, that got me thinking about like how, you know, when I when you say, um, oh, look at this and you're like, oh, can I have a look at your your new iPhone? And I, I would be the type of person to be like, you look with your eyes, not with your hands. Do you want to touch it? Like, do you want to play with it? <laughs> and then you're know, like, oh, OK. So it's a case of being pedantic with your language. Um, but but it's true. Like when we really want to see something, we want to touch it. We want to play with it. We want to like poke at it, see it with our hands, not just with our eyes. And I think it's the same case with, with Doubting Thomas. He really had to touch Jesus to see that it was actually physically him. And here are his holes. And, you know, he was pierced for us. And I think that was really powerful how... um in this book, it explored that as well. It explored many different narratives in the Bible about touch, but this one really stuck out to me. Yeah, there is definitely a lot of power in touch. And, and even in ministry, like, I find um, sometimes we have to, yeah, we have to offer hugs when it's appropriate. But I think more importantly, we have to ask for consent. Is it okay if I, you know, put my hand on your shoulder? Is it okay if I you know, is it okay if I give you a hug? Because it can help with um, comforting someone. That's really interesting. What are the take-home points from the book? The take-home points from the book is that, you know, um, Jesus touched lives, both physically and spiritually. And I think God is able to use all of us to encourage and touch one another. I know right now during lockdown, it's really hard to give hugs. But there's some, been some nice people that have been like, here, here's a hug voucher, Anzi. I mentioned it last week. Um, but it's, yeah, I think, I think it's a case of 
just being sensitive to one another. You know, right now we may not be able to offer hugs and touch appropriately. Um, and that's where I'm like trying to, I think it, it it's good to explore the different love languages and see how we can express love to one another. So I'm just looking at the description on Amazon of this book because I've not read it. And she talks about how the Old Testament has all these rules about not touching stuff. Like if you touch this, it makes you unclean. Yeah. If you touch that, it makes you unclean. And then I assume she talks about how Jesus kind of reverses that. Yes. And brings purity. He does. That there is, yeah, Jesus does save. Um, but I think... There was one chapter that stuck out to me and it was about singleness and how single people do lack a lot of the touch because um, she she was single for a large percentage of her life until she got married later on. But um, she said how, you know, sometimes families, they forget that single people are struggling, single people feel lonely, single people lack the touch of like a hug or even just like, you know just affection um and so she reminds people um in the church that yeah as singles we we also need some form of love (laughs) but um but i think in terms of when it comes down to you know the the bible with its rules and like you know touch this you're unclean touch this and things like that um we know that jesus came and he he conquered over all these you know different legalistic rules that you know the pharisees were very strict on um condoning and and we know that jesus yeah can help us when we have been um when we've felt uh an abusive touch like he is able to redeem all of us in all aspects of life touch included but um and that's why I, I really like, you know, how she does bring it back to Jesus, how, you know, Jesus came to heal the broken and came to set the captives free. And even for us today, today, even as we go about our day-to-day living and um, love is ultimately very important, but we're called to love God and love others first. Um, and so I would go as far as to say, you know, like taking what we've talked about for the past five weeks now is to consider how, you know, God, how do you want me to show love to one another, especially to this person that I'm having trouble uh, loving? How can I, you know, extend love and grace to my mum, who I'm, you know, having a hard time with right now? How can I help with my, you know, little brother or sibling, etc.? And I think it's, you know, God will give you the wisdom to know how to, how to love them through any form of language yeah may not just be touch could be words gifts acts of service time things like that is that a nice summary yeah but i thought you wanted to talk about our own love languages oh do you want to talk about so what what is yours let me guess what yours is yours is definitely touch then yeah it's one of them is a high probably number two is it yeah words is definitely number one then yeah yeah i i figured that one i wasn't sure about touch no, I think I said that words were in that episode. Did you? I think so. Oh, okay. Maybe. What's mine, Ben? <laughs> I have to remember all five because I can never remember. There's always one different one that I forget. I think yours is words and acts of service. Oh, 
Oh, <laughs> this is tricky. But not washing up. This is tricky. I'm actually bilingual in two. Yeah, that's my pri- my primary one. It, uh, two of them, but access service is not that one. Okay, receiving. So words. I give access words, service then and quality time. Yes, yes. Receiving, I like quality time and words of affirmation. But when it comes to giving love, I give through access service. Interesting. And the other two as well. But um, but no, it's it's quite a. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Love languages. And I'm pretty sure God is able to use all of them. Yeah, to or, speak to us. Or something else that falls outside of this you think? man-made categories. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about this, uh, this series that we've done on love languages? I think it's been insightful, isn't it? I've definitely learned a lot more about you, Ben. Yeah. You're not going to say the same. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No, I thought you were going to expand on, on that, but you're just going to leave it with the full stop. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think if anything, the main goal of our podcast is to help all of you listeners at home to think about these different topics as well and to consider how, how can I still love God and love others in the midst of lockdown? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. hopefully it's beneficial. Yeah. I I feel like I've, yes, I've learned more about you and your motives behind your action. <laughs> Actually, I'm really glad that, you know, do you remember in the first, well, not the first episode, the one about the words, um, post words, and you said, like, how the times we break down in our communication, it's because I'm more conscious about how it's said, not what is said. Yeah. Like, that was a good discovery. It's true. Yeah, and I'm just like, it's the words that come out of your mouth. So if you say the wrong words, then, <laughs> then we will have a disagreement. Yeah, we do have a disagreement. What have you learnt, Ben? We should be more prepared for this question. No. I'm aware that I... I'm aware of the the love languages that I that are not as important to me, and what like gifts and acts of service. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? We all have ones that are less important than others. So I'm aware of those, maybe more now, um, and hopefully we'll be able to include those in the future, especially for people that are strong in those areas. Yeah, it's quite it can be quite exhausting though if you have to analyze every person in your life and say, "What? I wonder what their love languages are. Let me send them this this quiz of 50 questions." Like, you just ask them. Yeah, you could just ask them, but then That's the I easier like option. That's quite exhausting like creating a catalog of everybody. No, well, if they're your close enough friends or, you know, if you love them that much, you would prioritize them, right? And you'd remember. Maybe you would. Maybe you would. You really would. Like, like it's quite obvious who my friend, like where my friends are. But I think it does change over time, though, from what people have told me. I think um, one of my friends, Ashley, he said his never used to be acts of service, but then after marriage, it became acts of service. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was really funny. Yeah, I guess it depends 
like yeah what what's going on in your life what what do you actually need anyhow we hope we hope this this series has uh, encouraged you and um please send us your feedback and let us know if you have any more thoughts or questions about this topic yeah um we've talked about some potentially serious stuff today so if you've been affected by anything um please reach out please um please address any any trauma any anything that's going on in your life yeah definitely i mean we're we're available as the pastoral team um because i know that yeah the things that we've shared today or even previous weeks have they might have opened up some unresolved issues or um helped you like in some shape or form or even just like highlighted to you you know some some things that you need to deal with um unforgiveness or trauma and things like that we just we just hope and pray that you can yeah just reach out to to a counselor or even to ourselves or professional um i think the most important thing is to yeah talk it out and um and come before god and seek help if you need it okay We'll see you next time. Bye.